Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor, and leader of the Span Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Thrive Deeper. Yes, it's me, DJ Payne, and back with Matthew Jacoby to talk about the second letter to the Thessalonians. That's right, Second Thessalonians is the book that we're looking at. Try to say that five times fast. <laughs> now, this is a short little book, three chapters, but my goodness, they are pretty hard going. We get into such exciting topics as what hell is all about and who the man of lawlessness is when it comes to looking at the end times. Oh boy, it gets pretty dark, it gets pretty deep. But before that, we have some wonderful feedback about the podcast. A bit of levity here to lighten up before we get into these heavy topics. I'll be back at the end of the discussion to wrap it all up. But until then, here's the next episode of Thrive Deeper. Even though we're only up to, uh, you know, episode 18, this is episode 18, uh, I'm really enjoying uh, seeing our numbers go up. And I'm not going to talk about numbers on the episode. I don't want to be one of those uh, podcasts that talk about how how things are going. But fantastically, praise God, you know, the podcast is growing. And, I, you know, I hear hear different feedback coming in and uh, people that I know, um, you know, who who are beginning to listen to it around Australia, around the world. And uh, I got to catch up recently in Sydney with a uh, you know a couple of uh, you know dear friends, um, and one of them now an ordained minister who uh, you know is, 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 I remember when he was a young just a young whippersnapper. Uh, shout out to uh, Marcelo and Cena in 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 Sydney, wonderful uh, dear brother in the faith, and someone who's uh, worked tirelessly uh, in the Australian Christian hip hop scene, mm. you know, and just. Has has sacrificed, uh, you know, so much of his time to do that, and he surprised me. And he's like, "Listen, I, you know," and, and he's a very stoic type of personality. Doesn't give away uh, praise very easily, but he he said, "Listen, uh, I got to I got to say uh, this uh, Thrive Deeper podcast." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm waiting for it." <laughs> he goes, "It's absolutely fantastic. I'm learning so oh, much. I really appreciate." And I was like, that's "Fantastic." Yeah. And then I tried to take the shine off you, Matt, and you know, put it back on myself. And he said. He said, you know what, I was listening to the other day and I had the revelation of what the Thrive Deeper podcast is, what you guys should call it, you know, the, the subtitle. I'm like, oh, give, give it to me. This is great. He's a man of words. Yeah. This will be a great illustration. He goes, you guys are the theological Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Where yeah. you, you, I, you obviously are the I, Dean Martin. No, but, but I – I actually feel like I, I get way too much attention on this because this is this is a discussion, and uh, you know you, you, you're you're a remarkably biblical literate you know individual, and 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 I think you know it's about the discussion, and um, that's it, and, and that's it, you know. So thank you, uh, yeah, thank you for for that. Uh, if you're listening, on that's very. Oh, kind. Marcelo will yeah. be listening. Thank you, buddy. But the uh, the other the, and the other thing that the other bit of feedback that comes in that I really appreciate is from people who really know you, Matt. Mm. People who are really good friends that have known you for a very long time. Mm. And they go, you know what? I love that podcast because you know what? I hear the Matt 
that I get to talk to one-on-one. Yeah. It's not preacher Matt from the pulpit. Yeah. There's times where, you know, you hear a real vulnerability in what we're talking mm. about. I'm like, great, that's what we're after in this, in yeah. this discussion, you know. Yeah. I love when I can catch you unawares and get you out. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a part of the process here. Now, in this, and it's episode, not. We should say too. It's, this isn't scripted or yeah. anything. We, we literally yeah. are sitting here with mobile phones in front of us, and I can Matt and I both have got the the, the book of uh, you know Thessalonians yeah, in front yeah. of like whatever we're reading. We're going through it. I'm I might have a laptop or a few notes of questions coming in yeah. that people have said, or some general type of uh, notes here. But we're not going from a script at all. Yeah, yeah, I, hopefully, yeah. no one ever thinks that. Yeah. Oh boy! If we did write a script, it'd be way better. <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree. I think it might be way better in, in uh, the quality of teaching, but as far as being able to listen to something and hopefully have a laugh as well as, yeah. as being able to learn, this is what we're going for in Thrive Deeper. Now, last week we, we got into, um, you know, after a you know, big long discussion on a few different topics, we got into the book of First Thessalonians. Mm. And Nelly finished that. We want to wrap up First Thessalonians this week and also cover Second Thessalonians, basically cover these two books. Uh, and, and we want to do that, uh, you know, right now, um, mostly because uh, we're, at, at the time of recording, you're about to jump on a plane and mm. head over to the USA with Sons of Korra. I am. Yes. Again. Again. To America. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well every, is, we go every year. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I say again, uh, for this in the Thrive Deeper series that, that we've just started, this is the first time that you've had to jet off to the USA while we've been doing this series. Yeah. I mean, you've done yeah. other – we've talked about Sons of Korra doing other tours. Yeah. But you're going to be over there in the States for two weeks. Yes, indeed, in the Midwest. Yeah. So when this episode comes out, you'll be well and truly over there in the midst of, uh, you know, uh, touring and playing and yeah. everything over there with all yeah. of our American friends. Yeah. If people want to, if there's, if, if by chance somebody is listening to this and they want to find out more information mm, about that, yeah. what, just head to the Sons of Korra website? Yeah, that's it, right. easy, yeah. easy to remember. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, if you're anywhere yeah. near the Midwest. Yeah. You can get over there. Mm, I wear a lot of hats, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want, if you want, see, here's here's my little plea. Any American listeners who would like to uh, pay for a Thrive Deeper podcast to be done live in America, uh, oh. just let us know. I'll jump on the plane with the boys. <laughs> And we can record some before a Sons of Korra gig. How's that sound? Yeah, you'd love it. <laughs> My daughter said to me, she said, um, she said, so dad, 10-year-old, she said, so will you meet Donald Trump over there? Right. <laughs> I said, no, Tyler. I love it. I probably won't. Yeah. I won't meet. Oh, you should Donald. have played it yeah. up. You should have uh, said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be hanging out with me yeah, and Trump. Get a photo. We're like this. Yeah, yeah. We'll just anyway. I'll Photoshop a photo of you and Donald together. That'll sure. go down well. <laughs> All right, let's get this let's get this discussion on track. <laughs> okay. Uh so wrapping up First Thessalonians, there's there's just at the end of chapter five, the end in there, we've we've been saying last week, if you missed out last week, go back and have a listen to it. But there is a beautiful intimacy with this letter of from Paul to to this little um, you know, beleaguered, you know, church who are, who have been struggling and Paul was only sh- with them a short time. Mm. Paul sends, um, you know, someone who we'll talk about in the future on a future episode, his right hand man, young Timothy. Mm. He sends Timothy there. Um, Timothy comes back with this amazing report that the church is doing well. There's a few issues that, you know, that Paul goes through. And then at the end of chapter five, he just starts hitting them with how to live. 
you know, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and things that we take for granted and little bumper sticker Bible verses mm. that we have in our bookmarks and whatever like that. Like, you know, rejoice always and, you know, mm. different things, to, you know, for them to, for mm. them to live and how to, how to live out there. Um, and I just love that picture of, uh, you know, I- you know, intimacy that Paul has with the church and how he calls them to different things. I even love the way that he puts an oath on them at the very end of the verse, at the end of, very end of the chapter, he goes, I, I put you under oath that you have to share this letter with everybody else. You know, basically, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. going to make you swear. I'm gonna make I, you... <laughs> I remember reading that thinking, gee, he really wants to make sure they don't keep this to themselves. Yeah, like, yeah. It's they're going to a... frame it. And you, it you can imagine... Yeah. You know, imagine how valuable that would be. Exactly. Maybe they were going to frame it. Exactly, exactly. And ju- I, I just there's a there's a real um, immediacy and intimacy mm. with the language that Paul yeah. uses here, uh, which I which I really um, I really yeah. love. And a verse and and some of the things like little little things like you know don't quench the spirit. Mm. You know, be open to, um, you know, do, you know, don't despise prophecies mm. that come and, you know, discerning, you know, being discerning uh. and testing everything. All these little points of how I practically live in a church. Yeah. It, it, even today, these yeah. years later, I, I read this and it really encourages do, me and, and don't challenges Don't you wish, me. don't you wish that you wrote a whole chapter on all of those little topics? <laughs> Seriously, do not quench the spirit. Oh, tell us more. <laughs> yes. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Give us more on that. Where's the how-to book on that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. it's there's some great stuff there. Yeah, yeah, it's so simple. It's a really, really great encouragement. Uh, don't, you know, don't repay anyone evil for evil. Always seek to do good yeah. to one another. Just those practical things yeah. of how to live, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, 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 you know, in the town that they were in, yeah. in the city that they were in. So that's pretty much wrapping up um, the book of First Thessalonians. But that's not the end of the story of Paul no. and the church. We then come to the book of Second Thessalonians. Now, how, Matt, in your, I know there's a lot of scholars will argue different points, but how long after the, are the books written apart? Are the uh, letters written apart? Shortly after. Yeah. Uh, maybe a week or two even. It's, wow. It's because um, he, uh, Timothy, uh, so, so th- there's the letter has been sent yes. and he's got a report back and, and it's a bit of a conversation actually. So mm. this is just continuing the conversation. Part two. Yeah. So yeah. they, <laughs> they seem to have accepted his, you know, defense of his character. There's mm. no questions about that. So he doesn't do any more of that, but he does, um, he does go back to, um, the issue. Interestingly, he keeps talking about the issue of idleness. Evidently yes. that, uh, is, was a bit of an issue in the church. It may be that they, um, Thought, oh well, Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Let's quit my job. You know, just get 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 around. It may be even a, a spiritually justified yes. uh, idleness, uh, and of course, um, that would be taxing on the community. Um, you know, he wants everyone to do their part. Anyway, that. But the big thing, of course, is the um, is the eschatology thing, meaning the end time stuff, so, so, the so, return of Christ. So, at the end of the first letter, Timothy pops it in his back pocket. Back he goes. He gives it out to the church. They and they follow. You know, they read it. They study yeah, yeah. it. They look into. They asking Timothy questions. Timothy is responding. Yep. They're reading the churches out in the other churches, and then there's more questions. There's more questions, and there's more. Yep. Um, you know, more uh, persecution on these on this little mm. group of believers, and they've got more. You know, more questions, and so Timothy comes mm. back, brings it back to Paul, and says, "Man, this is what's going on. This is how they received it. Can you clarify certain things?" And this is where we have this, the the second book, mm. to, the second letter to the to the to the Thessalonian church, and uh, he he really goes in even harder on a few different points, especially about the second coming of Christ. Yeah. So he says, uh, chapter two. Um, he, well, actually, do we want to? I think we want to focus on something before this. But yeah, uh, he, 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 
he indicates, and we'll get to this in a moment, that they'd been alarmed uh, and shaken about things to do with the coming of Christ. So this isn't just theoretical. Yeah. They've, they've got real concerns about this, and he needs to clarify some things. Mm. Mm. And, and, and one of them, I think, uh, I think, um, you know, he, 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 at the very, right at the beginning, he cuts right to the chase. Not a, he doesn't, like we, in the first letter, he spends a few chapters talking yeah. about very warmly. In this one, he goes, bang, okay, enough, enough talk. Let me talk, talk to you about the judgment of, you know, the judgment that Jesus will bring yeah. when he comes again. Yeah. And what happens to the unbelievers? Mm. What happens to those who, 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 it's 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 that concept of those who are rejecting Jesus now. Mm. Jesus will give them what they want, and will let them be without mm. him for eternity. Mm. And he has that concept in 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 here. Is yeah. It? So he says this is evidence uh, that this persecution is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay to repay with affliction those who afflict you. Mm. Um, this is the principle of justice um, that uh, that that it will come back. That the, when you are cursed, those who curse you, I will curse. You know Genesis yeah. chapter twelve, verse three. Um, th- th- he's basically it's consistent with that. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you he, uh, will be cursed. And so he's saying, know that this is true. Know that this persecution that these people are going to um, uh, are going to be held accountable for that. Um, now. You, it may people may think, oh well, that's a bit of a neck. You know, what, what should we? What, is that something we should be comforted by? Yeah. I, um, Where is the comfort in I, this? You know, I, I had a, I had a, um, I had a dream the other night. Uh, just thought of this. Then, um, uh, it's always interesting when I start a sentence like that. And I'm not saying it was wasn't some revelation. No. But it, it made it made me. This, I think this is the first time. This is one of the first times this happened to me. It was actually I was somewhere. Uh, overseas. Anyway, I, I was in a situation where um, I was forced to make a decision. Um, uh, it was in a persecution situation. It's like I was a persecuted Christian in another country. Wow. Yeah, and and I was forced to make a decision that was against my faith, and I and I refused, and. The dream ended with me being okay. That's it. You, you're being led off to, and but I just remember, like I I woke up, yeah, and I thought to myself, it, I mean, I lay at this like three o'clock in the morning. I lay awake and I thought, I have no idea. Yeah, I I I have been so sheltered because I was so shaken. Yeah, it was such a traumatic. Having to having to make that decision and then face persecution, yeah, and to be completely helpless before these people who are going to mm. persecute, who are going to, mm. and, and the sense of the indignation and the and even the the fear and the plea to God, God, you know, um, I just thought, I it really, uh, you know, I, I, I that's been the I've thought so much actually about. The persecution of Christians overseas yeah. and the persecution in history since that, and um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if God was trying to show me something. <laughs> you know, I also I tell you what I also thought. You know, because there are all of those psalms in the in the Psalter that, that mm. are crying down judgment. God, when are you going to judge mm. th- these evildoers who are harassing us? Mm. Oh, and people look at those psalms, don't they, and say, "Oh, it's just so, so mean. Yeah. They're being so mean. They're being so negative." negative. Yeah, but those barbarians, you know those, what? Those you primitive know what? Bar- barbarians. We. 
we really have no idea. We have no. We live such sheltered lives, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and these people didn't live those sheltered lives. I mean, these are, people are suffering mm. persecution for their faith, the like of which we we, we can't imagine. And, and it would get way worse than that. Yes. by the way, as yeah. well, way worse. Mm. Um, and and Paul knows what he's talking he about. He knows what he's he, talking about. He's been he perse- has suffered yes. that persecution, right? And in the midst of that, it is comforting to know that justice is going to be done. Mm. Now, the thing that I realize is that I've lived such a sheltered life, I have no idea what this even feels like. I mean, we try to imagine it, but we actually can't imagine it. Mm. And um, and it's actually really important for us to know that there is justice, that justice will be done. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the point of this next passage, um, uh, he says here, since indeed God considers it just to repl- – this is verse 6, chapter – Chapter one. Six, uh, chapter one, verse chapter six. Chapter one. Sorry. Yep, chapter one, verse six. He's right into it, isn't he? Yeah. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with, pay with affliction, affliction, sorry, those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well uh, as to us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. So this is he's saying, this is going to grant, this is your relief mm. from this, when Jesus comes. Uh, so in other words, he's saying, y- you... You may have to go through this. Yeah, God's not going to stop this. This is going to. I mean, this is the, the main, yeah. yeah. Because it, they must have thought, why isn't God doing something? Mm. Why isn't God? Do, isn't He doing something about this? But Jesus, of course, said, "This is we can expect this, this the, thing to this sort of thing to happen." But this is also a common theme amongst Paul's letters that yeah. this suffering is part of being of, of identifying with Christ. That's right. The, the, exactly. You know, Christ, like He even uses. You know, there's times where the language is so um, almost mystical, where he's like, you know, you, you are being fulfilled and Christ is being fulfilled in your suffering. You know, he's yeah, using words yeah. like that and you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. what does this mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, we won't explain what that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so he, he says, uh, when the Lord Jesus revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Wow. Oh, that's heavy. Now, uh, the important thing here is that he's saying this, this is comfort. Yes. There's going to be comfort to them. Yeah. Again, we, we it's impossible for us to imagine, uh, I think, what they're, what they're going through. First of all, if I may make a couple of comments uh, about this. I know a lot of people find this disturbing. What does this say about the character of God? You know, just God is this mean uh, person that is, um, you know, just wants to torture uh, people to death. You know, unfortunately, that kind of fire and brimstone message has, I think, painted God's character in the wrong way. It's interesting. I've, I've been recently been reading uh, James Joyce's portrait of the artist of a lot of. Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, a classic uh, book by the Irish author, and it where he describes his very Catholic upbringing. Mm. There's one point in this um, in this book where, as a uh, I think it's as a high school or that level, uh, in a I think it's a Jesuit school, they they're taken on a retreat, and they and the priest gets up and proceeds to describe the torments of hell in detail mm. for. Just hours and hours of this, and it's yeah. all it's all described, and just to sort of frighten these boys into you know into submission. I think I think a lot of that sort of thing mm-hmm. has skewed this in the wrong way, mm-hmm. as though 
the Christian message is about hell, 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 and you've got to get out of hell and get out of hell. Um, actually, the question I asked before is a good question. What is Paul wanting to say about the character of God? Mm. It isn't that God is cruel, uh, that God is, uh, you know, delights in punishment. No, because actually, uh, Paul says elsewhere, he doesn't delight, uh, in, in, in judgment. He, he, he wants that all will be saved. He doesn't mm. delight that people would ter- perish, but wants all to be saved. What is it saying about God? It's saying that God is just. That's what this is saying. Um, and, uh, and justice means that you get your own back, that the curse with which, the curse that you gave comes back uh, upon you. When he speaks, when he says here, um, he speaks about him coming, uh, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. He's not talking about, because people automatically think, oh, what the poor person has never even heard this. No, 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 he's not talking about. He's talking uh, about, about those, in this case, Certainly, people who have heard, mm. but who, in a sense, refuse to know. Mm. Um, and the knowledge here is a much is is a in in the Hebrew sense of a of of who who refuse to connect with God, reconnect with God, because it says here, uh, who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Now, mm. notice he's not saying those who who don't obey the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he's saying those who reject the gospel of because this is our only hope right we yeah. have this so so in in that sense people aren't held accountable for what they don't know in that intellectual mm. sense mm. they're not actually we're held accountable for what we do know yeah, yeah. and um and the, the judgment here is not is not a judgment that's given because we broke the commandments because you know what we've all broken the commandments yes. and then we would all all be judged the judgment here is promised for those who refuse the message that is brought to them, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. They are given this chance and they refuse that. And so he's saying that, because uh, this is why they're being persecuted, of course, yes. from people who oppose this message. Yeah. Um, and it says here, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Now, look, I know this isn't a popular, it's not a popular teaching in the Bible. Not, not in And various efforts have been made to maybe, look, I... I I think this approach of fire and brimstone and scaring people into submissive in, into the, the descriptions, honestly, that that, that um, James Joyce gives us uh, in that novel that I cited. I mean, that's such a caricature, I think. Um, uh, but the, 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 there's this other extreme, I believe, where people have wanted to really tone this down. Oh, it's not as it's not really such a you know. It's, mm. Well, actually. When it sounds shocking, it's because it's meant to sound shocking. I mean, it's, it's, it has this role to warn us that actually if we refuse this chance that we're given uh, in Christ to be reconciled to God, I mean, what, um, yeah. that's a really serious thing. Like we, we've, what's left? We've thrown away. There's what's left. We've thrown away yeah. our, our own chance. And it's a big deal to, to uh, resist God. It's a big deal to live in defiance of God. I mean, that's a really big deal. And... If we say, "Oh, this seems a bit, you know, this seems a bit extreme," well, I think maybe we're, we're not quite understanding the extremity of the issue. Here. Oh, we don't understand this. What's at stake? Yeah, that's right. We don't understand the stakes, and, it, and it, there is a sense to me in what Paul's talking about here, and especially in light of the persecution that is going on in the church, is that 
it's it's that it's that concept that again that that echoes back to the very first decision in the in the Garden of Eden of that God God allows you to make a decision. Yeah. You are you decide. You know yeah. he's not going to you know um, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna let you decide your fate. And for those That's who say I do not want the good news of Jesus Christ, Christ, I want to be separated from yeah. God. He says this is the end. In this, the end, in the end, we get what we want. Yeah, yeah. In and the end, we get what we want. I mean, that, this is the and, and God has given us the authority to self determine. Yeah, uh, we we have we've been given choice, and um, some people might say, "Oh, well, that's just too much responsibility." Hey, welcome to being human. Yeah, <laughs> be, essentially, being human is being responsible. We were created in the image of God to be like God, um, in the likeness of God. I mean, you know, that's a big thing, right? That's high, high dignity. And we like that bit, but sometimes we don't like the res- level of responsibility. What you mean, my my decisions can have that much bearing? Uh, well, well, they can. Now, of course, God is sovereign over and above all of this, and there's a paradox in in the sovereignty of God. We we're not going to talk about now. Uh, the key point here is that in the end, we 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 everyone gets what we want. Yeah. Uh, and we have this wonderful opportunity in Christ to be reconciled to God. And these people that Paul's talking about have not only rejected that, but they want to close the door to other people as well. Yeah, yeah. And again, just to wrap up chapter 1, Paul again finishes it and says, in the end, in light of all of this, we are praying for you. Yeah. God has a purpose. Yeah. You know, this is the future. Live, you know, glorify Lord Jesus. You know, like he, he has, yeah. it, he doesn't just sit in this, Boom, 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 and you no, know, sitting there. He has a bigger picture for them to live yeah. in, you know. Yeah, and that's right. It, yeah, it, it's a beautiful mm. way to finish up that chapter. Moving on in the book of Second Thessalonians, we get into chapter two, and and we have this concept of the man of lawlessness. Mm. Now, this is some pretty like we were saying, chapter one. He Paul jumped right into it and got pretty heavy with the concept of you know hell and you know what it means to be separated from God and all of that type of stuff. Now we get into the man of lawlessness. Mm. Base all your conspiracy theories on this. <laughs> No, no, please don't. No, okay. So, g- give give it to us, Matt. What what is this? What is, what this is it concept? all about? Yeah. Well, I had a dream the other night. No, <laughs> no I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I uh, the, the the idea this this of course is also uh, we we have something similar in um, the Book of Revelation, of course. Mm. Um, which uh, talks about the beasts, uh, the beast from. from Beast of the earth, beast from the sea, and so so it's evident that at the end of the age, um, and, and I think the best way to put it, and I'm going to use broad terms, uh, yep. speak just broadly first. Already in the in the teaching of Christ about this age, 
we get the sense that towards the end, there is going to be increasing polarization. So, for example, Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the wheat and the weeds, that uh, Jesus says that the wheat's going to grow up to full fruition, right? That's good news because the kingdom is going to come to fruition. Yeah. Um, and we see that happening throughout the world. Mm-hmm. But alongside it, as the wheat comes to fruition, so also do the weeds become fully grown. So, uh, and, and as they, they're more distinguishable as time goes on, yeah. the situation is more polarized. So this is important because uh, some people might wonder, well, are things going to get better or are things going to get worse? Well, um, the, yeah, yes. they, they're going to get worse because they're going to get better. Yeah, yeah. And um, in terms of the spread, uh, instead of the spread, the spread of the kingdom of God and the influence of, of the Christ Church. So this is this is what we see. We see this polarization towards the end, and of course, you see that in the ministry of Jesus. Um, the more that Jesus, whenever Jesus is present, and one we might say, the more Jesus is present, the more polarizing that becomes. Yes. So when Jesus was. Uh, uh, Ministering for his three years uh, when he was in the world, th- there was little in between. People loved him or hated him. Yeah. yeah, I mean there were spectators, but in the end, things became much more po- very much. Po- he polarized people. Mm, mm. Black, you know, it was like either you're this side of the fence or that side of the fence. No fence sitters. Yeah, because of this, God wants things to be polarized so, so that our decisions become clear, very clear. Mm. So what we, we get this idea, and again, speaking in general terms, that towards the end of this age, as the presence of Christ through his church, by his Holy Spirit, working through the church, becomes more and more present in the world, it's going to have this polarizing effect. Now, the idea of polarization is the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. Yeah. Um, uh, and this is what's going to happen. The more the light shines brightly in the world, the darker the shadows uh, are going to become. So as we move towards the end of the age, this culminates then, according to uh, Paul here in chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians, uh, according to Revelation 13, mm-hmm. is it? Um, this will uh, come to a head in the appearance of a figure of some kind mm-hmm. or a regime or figure or something who will represent the full fruition of this polarization, um, who will be the antichrist to 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 Christ you yeah. know and and Christ will come and destroy uh this this figure the man of lawlessness lawlessness, lawlessness. which yeah. Paul talks about here yeah. and the or he also gives him the name the son of destruction that's right you know um, and basically the antichrist now it's important to understand that in the context of this chapter that Paul begins it off and says and obviously Timothy's come back with a report with a report yeah. and one of the things that these other you know False teachers have been coming in and mm. scaring yeah. the, the the church about and making them, you know, yeah. literally shake with fright is the fact that they've somehow missed the second yeah, coming yeah, of Jesus. Right. Yeah. They've somehow missed, you know, good, on, missed good context. Out on something that God has for them. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. I told you when I was there, this is the sign that you look for. Yeah, that's right. Good context. Thank you for that. So, so uh, Paul is... Um, is talking about the man of lawlessness because he wants to say that this has got to happen first. Yeah. So um, he says here in in, chap- in verse 3, he says, let no one deceive you in any way. In other words, that it's already happened. Yeah. Because there's something, there's, 
things are going to happen. Now, now we don't know the day or the hour, but there are signs mm. that that mm. indicate that there are certain things that have got to happen first. Um, it says he says here, for that day will not come unless the re- uh, unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called god or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God. Yep. Proclaiming himself to be God. Uh, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Yeah. Um, and you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. So he's being restrained. That's For, an important point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work mm-hmm. in the world. Like it's already here. This, you know, this is the weeds are there along the wheat, just yes. hasn't come to full, full fruition yet. Yeah. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. <laughs> um, this is this is where um, in the last episode, uh, I mean, I, in, in the last episode you talked about the rapture of the church, yeah. and there are some people that believe that that the presence of the church in the world is what is restraining this. Mm. Um, that's one view uh, or the, or of that, that. Or the he that he's talking about is the Holy Spirit, yeah, the presence right. of the Holy or, Spirit. Or that, yeah. And look, I think, I think um, that's probably the best way to put it. Because even look, and I think to some extent, it is the holy. Of course, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and it's the Holy Spirit working through the church because yeah. the Holy Spirit works through the church. Yes. So all yeah. of those are, are correct. Yes. Whether whether it works in with that rapture uh, thing, it, 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 that may well be the case. Mm. But we're not completely sure. <laughs> Um, and again, that's not the point of what Paul's no, talking about. No, no, that's not about. the point. So uh, he, he's basically making the point here: don't don't forget, there's this central figure that that you know that has to happen yeah, before right. before you yeah. know. Now, the fact that uh, you know, again, to to make the grey area even grey, I remember something that rocked me when I was very young in the faith, mm. and I'd been brought up on the rapture only and mm. very dispensationalist yeah. view. Someone brought this up and said, "Why would Paul be teaching these people?" about this man of lawlessness to rise up and that they would recognise the man of lawlessness if they were not going to then go through this man of law. And I was like, I'd never thought of that because in my worldview, by the time the man of lawlessness arrives, the church is raptured. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, he's giving them a very – and I was like, whoa, blew my little mind. Yeah, now, yeah. again, I don't know if that if the reason why Paul's teaching them is for, the, for them to recognise yeah, them yeah. or just teaching them general the end times, what has yeah, to happen. Yeah, that's right. This has to happen uh, first. So um, – uh, it, it, he says here, um, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, as we've said. It's, it's, it's work in the work. And, and I think either way, the one who's restraining, uh, I think generally God is rest- holding yes. this back yes. um, uh, in, in his sovereignty and he is to be set free for a short time. For those who hold to the view that now is the millennium, this is the bit about Satan being set free for a short time. Hmm. Uh, now, again, that's one view yes. uh, among many, and that may or may not be the case, but that's that's what that could uh, refer to. Hmm. Um, if if we take the th- thousand years of Revelation 20 as a, as a symbolic number, that refers to this period. But hmm. there are different views on that, as I said. So... Um, uh, and then once this restraining force is taken out of the way, it's, he says, verse 8, and then the lawless one, lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing 
by the appearance of his coming, right? Mm. So let's just be clear. This is going to be like this is not going to be like an equal battle, you know, no. darkness against light. No, no, he will come and he'll destroy him with the breath of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Paul is saying these things so that they won't be alarmed. So he wants mm. to say this must happen first, but don't be alarmed by this. Mm, mm. Um, now, having said that, they, they there may be persecution uh, involved uh, in that, and yet um, the hope through all of that is that. This will be defeated. There will be yeah. justice. There will be judgment. Yes. Uh, important points. So, yeah. Um, yes. Now, and again, I love the fact that that you know this is the beauty of uh, of the scripture of the you know of the of the Bible that we have, the Old Testament and the New Testament, is that these threads of judgment and God's final justice and what happens at the end have been with us from the very beginning. We read it in different prophecies through different things. Christ, then you know. Starts wrapping it up into yeah. you know into into a conclusion, and then through Paul and through Peter and through John, we see you know the culmination of all yeah. these threads and all this talk of this man in the temple setting himself up and God goes all the way back, and it's had these threads that are common all the way through. Yeah. Uh, these these are reoccurring themes, massive yeah. themes that 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 God wants us to be clear on, wants us to understand. But doesn't want us to live in fear of it, no. but to live in the victory of it. That's right, absolutely. Yeah, it's an interesting. Just as a as a side point, it's interesting to reflect on what he could mean by that. He will uh, establish himself in the temple of God. Mm. Um, you know, one uh, one approach uh, to this, and this is more the, the dispensational approach that you described in the last episode, is that literally there will be a literal, yeah, uh, a new a temple literal, built, a new temple. Another interesting approach is is taking the church as the temple because the church is the fulfillment of the mm. uh, symbolism. Uh, the church as the body of Christ is the you know fulfillment of the symbolism of the temple. Whether this is one who will arise within the church, um, and of course, a lot of the uh, during the Reformation, all the Protestants that felt that the church, that the Pope at the time was the Antichrist, they would point to this to say, well, that, yeah. he, he has set him he has set himself up with as a leader. Uh, within the church, mm. as sort of the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing, mm. um, you know. I mean, that's. I think that's a that, that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective. Um, in, and another another interesting detail, if I may point out a couple of details here. It says here in verse nine, chapter two, verse nine: the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. Uh, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. And this, this comes out too in, in the book of Revelation mm. that, that, that they will do signs and wonders. Um, and, and, and I think this underscores the fact that we shouldn't go running after people saying, Oh, but they, they do all these marvelous things. They must be right. I think mm. we just need to be really careful about that because there's been a number of instances where, where, uh, you know, people have chased after uh, a, someone for these reasons and assume that because they do all of these sorts of things, therefore they must be right. I just there's just a a note of caution here. Actually, mm. I think we need more discernment than that. Um, and uh, there are there are plenty of people out there doing signs and wonders who, who are very very far away from the Christian you know faith that that are wielding a power that. Um, uh, we would describe as a darker 
uh, a dark power. Exactly, uh, and and and, and, and Satan himself. So and and Paul caution there. Yeah, and Paul Paul says, you know, right here he admits that Satan has power to show you false signs and wonders, and you would be, you know, you would be convinced, yeah. you know, you would be deceived. He then goes on to say, you know, that 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 you know, in God's design. You know, those who would believe this are given a given, you know, a spirit of deception type of thing, and they're given over to this yeah. type of belief. I, I even wonder. I mean, I'm thinking aloud here. This is dangerous. But, I love uh, it. Let's you go. can pull me up if you if you think I'm wrong. I, I even wonder whether you know it says Romans eleven twenty nine says the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. So when God gives a gift, now we look at the gifts of the Spirit in in one Corinthians twelve. Uh, you know, their, their ability to do miracles and signs and wonders. Uh, I, I, I wonder whether it's possible for someone to be gifted with these things, then to go off, to go off track mm. and, and step into this, you know, become in a sense a false prophet, having begun with this gifting and mm. wielding the right gifts in the wrong way. I, I wonder, you think. <laughs> yeah, you I've know, heard, I've heard, yeah, that this is based common. On the, that because, because I think, I think it's possible for us to misuse what God gives us. God can gift us, and the gifts of the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Mm. And it's possible to use those gifts um, to draw attention to ourselves, to puff ourselves up. Because clearly, in Corinthians, that was happening, wasn't it? Where, where they, they were, oh, Paul doesn't doubt that they were really uh, exercising the gift of tongues, and yet they were doing it for the wrong reasons and using it to flaunt their We are really sailing into okay, the, right. the grey seas here, Matt. I, I said, I said, I wondered at the yeah. start. So, I, I've, no, well, I've the only thing that, that. I, the only thing that I'll point, I'll, I'll pull up here is that in in this in this passage here in, in Thessalonians, Paul says that this this power that is given over yep. to to this man of lawlessness is the power of Satan. That's right. So here 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 you know, it is uh here it is clear. That's right. Yeah, and I and I think that and I, and I hear what you're saying and I've heard it argued very eloquently for that type of that that type of thinking that that you know when God has gifted you in something that you can then go and use it for you, you can yeah, use it wrong. Yeah, you could use it for evil. I, I could take gifts that God has given me and, and go and use those for evil purposes. Exactly, and and the only trouble with that, and I think I think practically that is true, but the only trouble with that that type of thinking ends up in what I call, in the way that I view the world, in a type of magic thinking yeah. where, where God is yeah, bound, right. yeah. bound by our magic rules and we have a, you know, yeah. we have a um, a spell or a, or a thing yeah. that can bind, you know, God. And, and it's inherent within us. I think yes. that is the problem. With, that is a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, but, again, it, uh, you know, one it's, it's also a very yeah. Old Testament way of thinking where – in, in my, in like a lot of the yeah. examples that I get given in that way, like I'll oh, think about Saul or when Moses hit the rock or when the, you know different things like that that I've heard as examples of that. I go, oh, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if God operates in exactly the same way as He does. You know, definitely. yeah, you're right. I disagree with myself. <laughs> Score one for DJ. There we go. <laughs> uh, so I shouldn't wonder. No, wondering uh, is good. I love this. I love this. Hey, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. We don't want to. Uh, so. Uh, you know, we we get we get Paul, and this is one of the few times in First and Second Thessalonians, yeah. especially here in Second Thessalonians, mm. where Paul really does spend some time teaching about the end times. Yeah, he he, he, mm. he in in the other letters he doesn't go into the depth that he goes goes here. But the thing that is amazing is amazing to me is that there's multiple times where Paul references. I spent time teaching you this when I was with you, so mm. we know that part yeah. of Paul's program, part of Paul's 
you know, discipleship program was teaching these mm. these new churches about the end times, yeah. even though he doesn't spend a lot of time writing it in the epistles yeah, that we right. have. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is interesting that he that he he goes in with that message as as a foundational. Thing. Yeah, as part as part of yeah. a, again, he was with these Thessalonians for a month. Yeah, and yet that and yet that becomes a key theme. Yeah, that history has a goal. I mean, that's really interesting to think about. That this is all going somewhere. Yeah, history's going somewhere. He's pointing to the fact when Jesus is going to come back and call us to account for our lives. Now, there's something sobering. Yes, I mean, there's a sobering fact. You mm. know, we, we we are accountable for the lives that we live and and. Um, and part of Paul's message was to call people to account. Say, well, yeah. h- how have you gone with that? Have you been living without, you know, have you been living without God? Uh, and, um, you know, if so, that's a big issue. That's a really serious issue. Um, God has an absolute claim on your life. Um, but hey, there's the good news. And that's uh, that, it. That's the frame that really that's the context for the good news. The good news is, hey, you know, we're all guilty. We've all lived without God. It's not about moral issues. That's the, that's really the least of it. It's that. Independence and autonomy that we that we grab hold of, and that's exactly what Paul goes into after he talks about this man of lawlessness. He then goes into a passage of basically calling the Thessalonians to stand firm in the gospel. Yeah. He then, you know, having talked about the spirit and talked about the power of Satan, he then brings the spirit back into the conversation and says, "Look, remember that you are sanctified by this spirit, and yeah, by yeah. him we have to stand yeah, firm. Right. And you are energized by this. You are called accountable to this teaching. Yeah. You are. You remember what I taught you." Again, bringing them back to the fundamentals yeah. of the faith. Stand firm in this, and you will be. You know, yeah, you'll because be fine. this is all. Go- we we live in the now, in the light of the future, mm. Mm. and that's a. I think that's a really important thing, and I think this is what Paul Paul's teaching on the end times is meant to do. It's not just about um, giving us something to theorize about. He wants us to live. In the now, in the light of the future. And that I think is a really sobering perspective and something that we should all take hold of. Now, as we wrap up this episode, one last point, because he does spend a lot of time in this, uh, in this next part of the book. And he wraps it up talking about a theme that came up again. It's a reoccurring theme that was a problem for them. And we, we speculated on the last episode is this theme of idleness, this theme of, mm. you know, being a, you know, lazy busybody, mm. uh, of, of having, uh, you know, this, you know, you know, you know, that, that, that a whole concept of, of what God mm. wants us, cause us to live. And it's that practical thing that Paul loves to do at the end of the mm. books and saying, no, 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 no. Now, in light of all of that, you need to live like mm. this. And we, and, and we theorize, and so one of the popular theories is, um, exactly that, 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 that because of these young Christians, this young church thinking, my goodness, Jesus is going to return any yeah. minute. I'm just going to live this idle yeah. life. I don't have yeah. to do this. Da, da, da. Mm. And they end up drifting into, you know, we see that there was a, there's a few allusions to drunkenness. There's mm. a few allusions to just being busybodies and gossips. There's a few allusions of, of misappropriating uh, finances and stuff because mm. they've got so much time on their hands. One of the concepts that that when I was looking into the background of the Book of Thessalonians and in especially the culture of that period, you know that that, that Greek Roman culture, is that there were really rich people coming into the church, mm. and there's the concept of these really rich people yeah. not having to work. You know, being idle themselves and drawing other people into this, like basically paying for other people to to be idle with them. Yeah. You know, I can look after you with this. Well, and- you can imagine in a church where suddenly you're having fellowship with all with these people. And remember, they there, there was a lot of they sh- sharing was a big yes um, value within these Christian communities. 
which is wonderful. But the problem is that there probably were people that are taking advantage of this. You know, ah, oh, you know, they're, they're, there's, you know, li- living on the, on the welfare of the church. Mm. And, you know, Paul is really underscoring the fact, no, we all need to be diligent and be working for our, for, you know, for our, for our crust. And, um, uh, so he vies against idleness. In true, I, I should say, in, in true, very much in line with Hebrew wisdom in the Proverbs, yes. which says, go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider his ways. Yeah. Um, uh, th- there's, there's a lot there in the Proverbs about diligence. Yeah, totally, totally. Mm. All right, well, that is it. The book of First and Second, yeah. Second Thessalonians. We've uh, you know wrapped up this, uh, and now when you get back from the states, Matt, we're going to be uh, you know getting stuck into uh, First and Second Timothy. Looking forward to those books of Timothy. They're very personal, actually. I, I love these books. So uh, track with us, and we will have some more inspiring. Well, by the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to this when it comes out, uh, Matt Jacoby and the crew will be uh, just finishing up the USA tour, uh, touring around the middle of the USA uh, for this year. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you and the band Sons of Korra, the work that you do there. Looking forward to uh, moving on. We've covered First and Second Thessalonians, some pretty heavy going stuff in those two books over the last couple of weeks and moving ahead into First and Second Timothy. Now, uh, as you're reading through Thrive, I hope you have some questions. And if you want to communicate with other people that are reading through the Thrive Daily Reading Program, head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Thrive Deeper. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Thrive Deeper. You can join 300 other people there in discussing and asking questions about what you're reading. If you want to ask us a question, that's a great way to do it there too. Until next time, this has been DJ Payne for Thrive Deeper. Thanks for listening to Thrive Deeper. If you have questions you would like answered, contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thrive Deeper or at the Thrive Today website where you can also subscribe to the Thrive Daily Bible Reading Guide. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Until next time, Thrive. Thrive.